are starting a new series today about our mind, and it's been several years since I preached uh, in this vein. I felt this series months and months ago. Uh, I've been talking about this one probably uh, as much as anything else I have preached to you this year uh, because I think it's kind of where we are as, as a culture together. Um, I, I wanted to bring you a, a, some messages about your thought life, and, and I, and I want to push back. Um, I want to push back in the age of anxiety. I feel like we are in an age of anxiety where there is real uh, anxiety and, and a, an attack of the enemy on your mind. And in an age that we, over, um, we overuse anxiety to just talk about the consequences of our own decisions. Are you there? And so we say, we say things like, I'm stressed. And you say, what are you stressed about? Well, I've got, this, I've got this terrible, you know, Henry has a math test tomorrow. And he's in pre-K 4. And it's just really stressful around our house right now. Well, you're misusing the word anxiety and stress there. Are you with me, everybody? And so we, what happens is you dilute when real anxiety does attack. And, and when everything's stressful, everything's you know makes you anxious... Uh, then we dilute it. And so I want to push back on that, that you have to give in to anxiety. I want to stop advancing the sickness of stress. I want to stop advancing the sickness of stress. Here's what I believe. Now, I, let, me, let, me, let me give you the caveat today that I hope I don't have to give you the next two weeks. I am not referring to clinical diagnosis of anxiety, depression, th- those sort of things. Those are different. They're medical. I have. I'm not. I'm not suggesting or minimalizing the clinical diagnosis of those things. I am, however, going to, by the help of the Holy Spirit, push back on the enemy's plan to stress you out to the point that you blame God, that you walk away from faith, and that you're exhausted all the time. Not because of some clinical thing. Maybe because of some way we're living our lives. Are you still awake? I'm, I'm just, I, we're going we're gonna to stop advancing that. And, and really what I want you to do in this next three weeks, I want you to take back the territory of your mind. I want you to take back your own mind. I think we're giving the devil rent free in our minds, everybody. I think we're allowing him to live there. Do you know the devil, the enemy of your soul, isn't omnipresent? He isn't everywhere at all times. Do you know the only way he understands what you think? He doesn't know your thoughts. He's not all-knowing, not omniscient. The only way he knows your thoughts is they come out of your mouth or they appear on your Facebook post. I think the devil probably follows every one of y'all. And when you say things like, oh gosh, everybody, just pray. I'm just, we're so stressed out around here. I don't know what to do. I'm just, oh God, I'm just, and we glorify our own weakness. The devil goes, oh, I didn't know you were battling that. But since I now know, I got some other things this week I'd throw your way. Have you ever noticed when you start embracing that stuff, how worse it gets? Why do you think that is? Because the devil heard you say it, everybody. The devil's sitting real close taking notes on your anxiety. And I want you to take Back your mind. Say amen to that. He is terrorizing our thoughts. Terrorizing our thoughts. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to push back over stress and anxiety and fear. But this week's a foundation week and i got to get you thinking about the right things. I want you to look at the power of your thought life. That's what we'll talk about today. The power of your thought life. It is the Halloween season 
some new dream teamers came to our church a few weeks ago and and uh, you know churchy people because they're always scared to call it Halloween. <laughs> they're like, Pastor, what do we believe about the, uh, you know, the with the, you know, the candy and the thing, you know, around the end of the month? Are we having a harvest hallelujah party? Come on, somebody. Where's all my churchy people who grew up with hallelujah party? No, we have Halloween. <laughs> That's what we My little kids, now we don't dress up like witches and goblins and whatnot, but let me tell you something. We, we're going we're gonna to walk them around our safe neighborhood. We're gonna, Daddy's going to take a tithe out of all of the candy. Are you with me on that? We double tithe Reese's in my home. We think that's what God's will is for us. And by the way, if you come knock on my door, we give out at the movies invitations. That's what we give out for everybody that comes around. Our, so it's Halloween season. And, um, and, and while I don't think it's wisdom for us as believers to um, sort of embrace the darkness associated with it, uh, I think that there's a, an appropriate way that you can be involved, especially with your family. And it's kind of that monster season. We have this one neighbor in our neighborhood, uh, several streets over, who goes overboard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Do you have these people in your neighborhood that are just like, it's too much. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's really too much. They just, they love this whole uh, season and it's monster season. I love the candy. I love all of that. And, and as a kid, we're kind of told monsters live under our bed. Anybody had a, had a monster under your bed? Where you at on that? I did. I used to pull the covers up over my head. I still, I think now kind of uh, at, at my age now, I do it just because I've done it for so long. I'm not—I don't know that I'm scared anymore. I don't think Brandy may tell you different, but uh, I, I sleep with the covers all the way over my head because I did that as a kid. I would just leave this one little—you know what I mean—one little mouth hole, you know, where I could. Because I'm scared of the monsters under my bed. The older you get, listen, the older you get, the monsters move from under your bed to in your head. The older you get, you, you, you start allowing the monsters that you know as you mature are not real. They don't live under your bed, but they're living rent-free in our thought life, in our head. Monsters and triggers of insecurity. They're tormenting you. They're haunting you. They're, they're, they're triggering these thoughts. They're, 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 they're stress. And it's anxiety that lives in our heads. And it's worry. Where's all my worry warts? Where are you at? How many of you are worried to raise your hand to talk about how worried you are? <laughs> fear that is gripping. I think, do you know that fear is a spirit? The Bible said God has not given us the spirit of fear. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. It's, it's why I'm just telling you, I'm not preaching again. I'm just telling you what we've decided to do as a spirit-filled believer I don't, I don't let my mind, we're not filled with horror movies around this season. We just don't do it. Because I think there's a spirit of fear attached to that that I don't need in my home. Are you still there? It's, it's a spirit. There's, there's insecurities creep into your mind. The monsters that tell you that nobody likes you and that you're not good enough and that everybody's talking about you. There's, there's, this, there's this monster that, that lives inside of your of your mind, it's irrational anger that comes out, and you don't even know where it comes from. You don't even know why it happened that way. There's undefined depression. I'm not talking about clinical stuff. I'm talking about I just don't know why. In in the spirit realm, we would call it oppression. It is this. I just feel a spiritual. There's a heaviness, and I don't even know how to describe that. Have you ever been there, or just me? 
I don't even know what's going on, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't feel right. And there's this undefined thing that just has me weighed down. There's conflicted thoughts. I think it's one of the enemy's biggest plans to conflict your thoughts. Well, that could be or that could be. Could be this, it could be that. We could go this way, we could go that way. And, and because of all of that, there's this anxiety that fills your mind about making the wrong decision. And so he holds you in inactivity. But it starts in your mind. It starts in these triggers kind of end your mind. And, and listen, without control, without you learning how to take back your thought life from the enemy, we end up projecting that stuff not only on other people, the people closest to us, but you'll end up projecting it on God. So we take these, these, these thoughts, these the, the, the in, insecurities, the fear and worry and doubt and, 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 and conflict it and we'll, and we'll cast them on God. Why hasn't God done X? And, and, and it's the enemy's plan to get in your mind first so that he can keep you locked up in your actions. He knows that every deed of your life starts as a seed in your mind. That's good. I'd write that down. Everything I've ever done in my life starts in my mind. Every, every, every evil thing that you've ever done starts as a thought in your mind. But listen, every spiritual step you've ever taken starts as a decision in your mind. So if the enemy can confuse you, if he can wreak havoc and terrorize your thoughts, he can hold you in this posture of inactivity and even in the things that you're supposed to be doing. Not just, not just influencing you for evil, he'll hold you back from good. Say amen to that. And he has all these different triggers and they're not harmless to you. Uh, you, you say, well, pastor, it's just my, you know, as long as I don't act out on them, just not true. It's just not true. If you, if, you don't, if you don't check your thought life, it'll steal every ounce of joy out of your life. Every single... I'm on a mission about joy this year. It'll steal, it'll rob even Christians of our joy. It'll disrupt our relationships. Every relationship in your life will be strained. There'll be tension. And it's really not about you and them. It's about you and, and what's between your ears. And those insecurities come out unchecked and they'll, and they'll start disrupting relationships. It'll take away real contentment in your life. You won't be able to be content about anything. Always searching, never filled. Always going from here to there to this to that to over here. to Never planting, never finding contentment, never saying this is enough, never settling down. And your thoughts will oppress you and they'll discourage you and they'll hold you back. And ultimately, unchecked, they'll turn you into the person you do not want to be. And everybody knows the person I'm talking about. Always negative. Always speaking out of fear. Always speaking out of hurt. Always speaking out of pain. Every decision is based on an insecurity from a childhood thought that was implanted into their mind. And they've said out loud, and the enemy now is wreaking havoc, terrorizing that particular part of their life. And, and people, I meet people all of the time trapped in this negative thought cycle. And they are unable, listen to me, the, I'm going to tell you, the, I think probably the biggest a, a, a symptom that, that, I can, that I can identify in the life of a believer when you've got a battle in your thought life is you are unable to find a solution. Unable to make decisions. Now, I'm not talking about 
just, just indecisive. I'm indecisive. I think that the enemy has uh, worked on the cereal aisle just to confuse me, everybody. It's too many choices. Are you with me on that? There's too many variations. Don't put marshmallows in Fruit Loops because in my head, marshmallows are in a separate category with Lucky Charms. And now they're in Fruit Loops and Fruit Loops were in their own category. And now I've got marshmallows and Fruit Loops together and I don't know what to do and I'll spend a very, very inappropriate amount of time on the cereal aisle trying to make a good decision. I'm not talking about cereal and chips decisions. I'm talking about you'll risk your future destiny Unable to find a solution to your current problem. You'll risk what God has for you. Because your mind has you unable to make a decision. Trapped in your own mind. Trapped in your own thoughts. And the enemy is wrecking you from the inside out. And i got to give you some good news today. Because all of that is, is where we are. I just had to, had to at least give you a, a heads up about where we are. The good news is... With God's help, you can take control of your thought life. You are not, write this in your notes. I am not a victim to my own thoughts. You have control over your own mind. You do not have to give in to anxiety. You don't have to give in to stress. Is stress going to come? You bet it is. That doesn't mean I have to let it stress me out. Is is the spirit of fear going to knock on your door some nights? Late at night about what's going to happen? What if the doctor says? How are we going to pay the bills? What if my kids? What are we going to do with this? You bet he is. But you have control over what you allow in your mind. You are not relegated to the enemy wreaking hell in your head. I need a better amen than that. So take back control. You don't have to live this triggered life. I know it's popular right now, but I'm asking the believers in this church to stand against it. Let's take back territory from it. Let everybody else on your Facebook feed talk about how stressed out they are. You talk about how much joy you've got since you found Jesus. Let everybody else talk about all of their problems. You talk about how God has come through for you. You talk. You say, Pastor, you want me to fake it? No, I want you to live this abundant life God has for you. Say amen to that. The good news is God wants to deliver you. He wants to give you the tools to consistently overcome. I want to tell you that you're going to be able to fight it one time and it's over with. I preached to you several months ago about, uh, about tests and the testing of our faith. And, and, and the, the sad news I have to remind Christians often is the only thing that was whipped once and for all is eternity. Jesus paid the price eternally. Everything else, you're going to have to give up every single day and fight against it to take back territory in your life. You're going to have to wake up tomorrow and fight against the enemy. But God wants to help you. Say amen to that. We're going to have to take an active role. 
You've got a part to play. This is not just, not, now listen, don't misinterpret me. Because I believe God can deliver anybody of anything in a moment. Again, I told you, this is a both and kind of church. You, you can have a moment in God's presence that He completely delivers the spirit of fear off of you. I believe that. But you can also walk out a process where you decide to take authority. You decide, I'm going to have an active role. I'm going to recognize when that stuff comes into my mind. I'm going to reject that stuff in my mind. And I'm going to replace those mind monsters I'm facing so that I can keep my sanity in Jesus' name. Say amen to that. Your kids deserve your sanity. Your spouse deserves you not captive to anxiety and stress. The world, listen... The people God puts in your life, the lost people far from God, if they look at you and all they hear from you is how bad it is, how stressed you are, how under attack you are, how anxious you are, all the anxiety you got, all the depression you got, if I'm lost, I don't want whatever Jesus you got. Because that Jesus isn't powerful enough to give you victory over that stuff. I want a Jesus that's victorious. I want, I want a God who can deliver me. I want a God who can keep me in His perfect peace, the Bible said. He keeps me in there. I don't walk in and out of perfect peace. He keeps me in His perfect peace. They deserve your thought life to be right. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, write this down in your notes. Guys, I don't have notes in front of me, by the way. It says, we demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Notice this. I want you to catch this scripture here. It didn't say God does anything. It says we do the work. We demolish arguments. And we demolish every pretension. What the devil tries to set up in your mind. Has, has the devil ever played a movie in your mind that hasn't ever really happened, but you've just sort of played it out in your mind? Anybody ever had a conversation with somebody you've never really had? Anybody doing it right now? Come on. <laughs> Where I wish I could say these things. And, I, I, and, and by the way, in my mind, I'm the, thank you, I'm the smartest guy I've ever met. I win every argument in my mind. <laughs> That's a pretension. That's what the Bible, it's, it's, it's where the devil, he doesn't know your thoughts, so he pretends. He just sets up scenarios. Well, what if it goes like this? Well, what if they say this? Well, what if the doctor says this? Well, what if it goes this way? Well, what if I lose my job? Well, what if it doesn't happen? And, 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 and the Bible, Paul says in Corinthians, you have the authority, you've got the power to demolish that pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, not God, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. The biggest misconception of Christians is that you and I have no part to play in this. It is our responsibility to take back our thought life. Say amen to that. Amen. Let me give you another what I think honestly. I think, I think we've been sold a wrong Christianity. And I'm not mad at anybody. I'm, not, I'm honestly not even talking about other like other denominations or streams of faith or whatever, I, that's just not my flow. But I'm just, uh, I, I do think we have a whole generation of Christians that believe that when you get saved, you don't struggle. I will. God never promised us a struggle-free life. Who lied to you? Who told you it wasn't going to be a struggle? 
Of course it's a struggle. You think the enemy of your soul cast out of heaven with a third of all of heaven takes dominion over the entire earth that hell enlarges itself daily. You think that devil who's like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, you think he's just going to let you make spiritual progress and he go, oh, I can't touch them. There's, I don't know. I, boy, I'm, I'm scared. He, no, that's not the way it works. Struggle is going to come in your life. And I'm surprised at how surprised we are. When we struggle, when stuff comes, everybody struggles. Everybody has a problem. Even saved people say amen to that. I got a church full, not y'all but in second service, full of worried Wilmas. Come on everybody, just worried about everything. Anybody married to a worried Wilma? Where you at? Don't, why would you raise your hand? This, you're making it harder on yourself. Don't raise your hand. Critical Carls. Come on, everything's wrong. Every, I have a close family member, I'll say it that way, who never, ever, 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 ever gets good service in a restaurant. Has anybody ever ate with somebody who sends back every single thing they've ever been served? Are you with me? Critical Carl, everything's wrong. I could have made this better at home. Well, then why didn't you stay home and make it yourself? Because you've embarrassed me at this restaurant again. Critical Carl. Fault-finding Francis. Always finding problems with everybody else. Not y'all, but other Christians I've met. Pessimistic Paula. The sky's always falling. Come on. Some of you are following the event, the great... 20th century evangelist Chicken Little who's convinced you that the sky's always falling around you. How's it going, brother? Uh, well, it's okay today, but I mean, you know, tomorrow's probably going to be terrible. How are things going? Well, I'm better than I was yesterday, but I mean, I'm still not 100%. Just pessimistic about everything. Ha the, the glass has never been half full in there. You understand what I'm telling you? They got a hole in the glass. It is perpetually half empty angry art always angry at something always mad at something fearful Fred I tried to think of names that didn't come to church here <laughs> that was hard by the way I don't think we got a Wilma but just, just scared just fearful and Christians believe you can't struggle you're going to struggle but listen you have we, we have the authority to take back our thought life. That's what i got to convince you of today. I can't preach about anxiety to you till I get you in a position where you believe you have some control over it. I can't preach to you. About, I, want, I want to talk to you about stress, but I can't do it if you think stress is some nebulous out here that is uncontrollable. You have control over your thought life. And I've never, write this down, I've never seen someone, you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. I've never met someone with a positive life who has a negative mind. You can't have positive things in your marriage with a negative mind. So it doesn't matter how much counseling you go through, how many books you read. If, if negativity is reigning in your mind, it'll come out in your marriage. You can't have a positive spiritual life with a negative mind. You can't have a positive job. If you want to experience 
positive, if you want to have a life experience that's positive, that's abundant, that's joyful, that's full of peace, if you want to have a successful Christian life, if you want to have a great marriage and great relationships, if you want to overcome adversity when it comes in your life, you have to repeatedly and consistently drive out the negative invaders in your mind. It starts in your mind. My old bishop used to say, we need a checkup from the neck up, somebody. We just need God's help in our thought life. And i got to tell you this first foundational week that you have the ability. Now listen, I want you to catch this because this is because just as much as I'm on the side uh, that you have uh, authority, listen, I am not supposing that it's that you got to live a fake Christian life. So there's a ditch on both sides of this of this road. One of them says that I just have to give in and 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 I just I'm just we're never going to win and we just always have to be down. The other side says, just pull yourself up. Matter of fact, if you'll just pray more, you can just, in the old church we used to say, you pray through. Come on, somebody. You can just pray through all that stuff. There's a ditch on both sides of that. So, so listen, I didn't write this in your notes, but write this down. It's not a sin to struggle. It's not a sin to struggle. It's not a sin to not be okay. It's okay to be not okay. Now listen to me because I'm, I'm going to flip the script on you. It's not a sin to struggle. It's a sin to struggle alone. It's not a sin to struggle. It's a sin to struggle and not invite God into your struggle. It's not a sin to struggle, but it's a sin to not get in a connect group where you have other brothers and sisters and believers who can help you in your struggle. Are you still there? That's where you start sinning. So people believe, well, I, I, I just I have to succumb to this. No, no, no. It's not a sin that you have fearful thoughts, anxious thoughts, stress in your life, anxiety, the spirit of fear attacking you, insecurities, doubt. That's not a sin. It's not a sin to struggle. It's a sin to struggle alone. And God's given us two avenues by which you can get out. One is God. He's the ultimate way. You need to ask God. You can renew your mind by the... The Bible said we wash our mind. We cleanse our mind by the water of God's Word. You can can ask God for that. The other is inside of 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 a connect group, a small group, a people that can help you, a group that's with you, believers that encourage you. If you'll pray for one another and confess your faults to one another, you will be Healed in Jesus' name. That's better than you just amen. It's not a sin to struggle. It's a sin to struggle alone. It's a sin to just think, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, you know, I don't need a church family. Oh, yeah? I don't need a pastor, really? I don't need, we don't, I don't need, I'm saved. I just got all these problems nobody understands. Oh, really? I think everybody understands. I think you just want to struggle alone. Because if you struggle alone, then you can... I'm, 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 I just moved from preaching to meddling. I can feel it in my own spirit. <laughs> if you struggle alone, then you can wallow in your struggle for the rest of your life. And some of us like to make a home in our struggle. That's why Jesus would walk by the blind man and said, What do you want me to do? That's why he would walk by another in the New Testament and say, Will you be made whole? You know what that means? Do you really want this or are you okay with your struggle? Because if you're okay in your struggle, I'm going to leave you right where you are. But if you want out of your struggle, I'll help you get out of your struggle. Are you still there? 
I've met some people who find at home in victimization. They, they, they live in their struggle. I, don't want you to, I want you to live on top and not underneath. I want you to live as the head and not the tail. I want you to live that abundant, joy-filled life God promises believers. We have a part to play. I like to say it this way. If you're not fighting it, you're feeding it. If you are not fighting it, you're feeding it. If you're not fighting against negativity, stress, anxiety, then you are feeding negativity, stress, and anxiety. If you are not actively get up tomorrow and fight against the spirit of fear, then you're feeding the spirit of fear. And what? listen to me, there are two lions in your mind. There are two, there are two ravaging lions in your mind. One of them is faith, one of them is fear. One of them is doubt, one of them is trust. One of them is confidence in God. One of them is worry about everything. One of them is anxiety. The opposite of anxiety, according to your Bible, is not peace. It's prayer. The Bible says, don't be anxious for anything but in everything. It, it, the opposite of anxiety is prayer. That, that, those are the two lions in your mind. There's a, there's a line of depression. There's a line of joy in your mind. There's a, there's a positive. There's a negative. There's stinginess, selfishness. There's generosity in your mind. There's suspicious thoughts. There's trusting thoughts in your mind. So whichever lion you feed grows. Whatever you feed in your mind grows in your mind. If you feed thoughts of insecurity, guess what grows in your mind? Thoughts of insecurity. If you feed the spirit of fear, if you, get, if you own that spirit of anxiety, well, everybody, I just don't know what to tell y'all. I just, I'm just, I'm high strung. No, you're not. God didn't make you to live high strung. That's a lie from the enemy. You can be peaceful. Jesus died for your peace. Not for you to just be wound up all the time. You, 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 you don't have to feed that lion. And if you're not fighting it, you're feeding it. And I'm inviting you to fight against those negative invaders and to feed what God wants you to have. What lion are you feeding? If you're always focused on what's wrong, it's amazing what happens. Whatever you focus on, you'll find what's wrong, you'll say what's wrong, you'll believe what's wrong, and eventually you'll behave on what's wrong. Because our behavior starts in our minds. And you'll be focused on what's wrong and you'll find what's wrong and you'll say what's wrong and you'll believe what's wrong and eventually you'll behave in what's wrong. Do you know your body goes wherever it is your face looks? You, you cannot. Try it. Try to look that way and consistently, without wobbling around, walk that way in a straight line. Just try. Just try to, just try to get somewhere. I'm trying to get over there. I'm I'm, your, your, your body goes wherever it is your head goes. Your body naturally, your, it naturally follows the head. It naturally follows that. And your life will go in the direction of your most consistent thought. Your life will go in the direction of whatever you're feeding in your mind. The thoughts you feed grow. The thoughts you fight fade. The thoughts you feed grow. The thoughts you fight fade. So, if you want to live a less stressful life, are you feeding stress or are you fighting stress? 
If you want to live with less anxiety, are you feeding anxiety or are you fighting anxiety? Are you feeding fear? Or how do I feed fear, Pastor? Well, if you can't watch the news, turn on Scooby-Doo for the rest of your life and just get lost in cartoons. If it's not good for you, if it feeds a spirit of fear, don't feed it, fight it. Say amen to that, everybody. If you can't handle social media because insecurities rise up in you because you compare yourself, your actual script to somebody else's highlight reel, if you don't have enough inside of your maturity, your Christian maturity, to not allow your mind to... Which, by the way, I don't know anyone that does, not on a consistent basis. Our minds were not designed to have that much input and that... We're not designed to be that connected to everybody at one time. We are not designed... God did not design you that way. If you can't do it, stop feeding it. I'm going to release you in Jesus' name. Your phone will still work without instant. Instagram. It doesn't require Facebook to work. It still will make calls. It still will text message. Try it for yourself. Just, just hold that little joker down and delete it right off of your phone. You are not required to see everybody else's life. If you can't fight those feelings of comparison and insecurity, then stop feeding those feelings of insecurity and failure. That's good preaching. We take thoughts captive. That's what we do. That's what believers do. We demolish thoughts in our mind. We, we fight against them. We make our thoughts obedient to Christ. We, we, we tell our... Uh, the old wise man once said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. Come on, everybody. Like, there could be insecurities fly over you, but some of us just build a home right there. Y'all just get in there and just live right there for a little bit. And I'm just telling you, you keep feeding that nest every time you scroll up. Just feeding that insecurity. I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. Everybody else is better than me. That you're feeding that stuff. You've you got to learn how to feed the right thoughts in your mind. Shout amen to that. Philippians 4 and 8 tells us what to feed. And now... Dear brothers and sisters, that's us. One final thing. I love how Philippians, this whole, I preached the whole message series if you weren't here for that. The, the whole book is dedicated to joy. The theme is joy. In, in, in other words, uh, you can have joy no matter what. That, that, that was the premise of the book of, of Philippians. This is the last chapter, nearing the last verse of the last chapter of the joy book in the Bible. And Paul says, oh by the way, I got, I got one more thought. I got one more thing to give you you got to fix your thoughts. Underline that in your Bible. you got to fix your thoughts. You ever get fixated on something? You ever, you're, you're, you ever get fixated where you can't get, get it out of your mind? My little boy the other day, mama was busy. And so when mama's busy, dad uh, really enjoys cooking home-cooked things from McDonald's. And so I said, where... Where do, you, where do y'all want to go to dinner? Where do you want to go to dinner? And my little boy gets fixated on one restaurant. Don't, don't ask me why. I, I, he's, from, he's born and bred in Texas. And so his favorite restaurant in the world is Chewy's. Come on, somebody. The, the marriage supper of the lamb is Tex-Mex. I'm just telling you right now. That's the, we're going to take communion in tacos in heaven. Is that real? That's real. Henry knows. 
So my little boy gets fixated. I, so I give, baby, we're not going to, we're not going over there. Yeah, Daddy, I just, he tells me, literally, we're 10, 15 minutes going through all the other places Daddy can take you. And he, just, he literally grabs his head, this is a true story, in, in the back of my truck. And he says, Daddy, I can't get Chewy's out of my mind. you got to fix your thoughts on some stuff. Fix your thoughts. I don't want you to get what's true out of your mind. Quit believing what you think may be true about somebody and fix your thoughts on what is true. I can't get this out of my mind. Fix it on what's honorable. Honorable. I'm gonna pre- Next year I'm already working on my preaching count. I'm preaching a whole series on honor. I, it's, we're bringing honor back, baby. Come on. I, I want you to get honor in your mind. Think about what's right. Think about what's pure. Think about what's lovely. Think about what's admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You need to get fixated on the right things and fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on true things, honorable things, right things, pure things, lovely things, admirable things, excellent things, worthy of praise things. Listen, these are not good thoughts. We don't need good thoughts. We need God thoughts. I was with Paul in Philippians as long as he said excellent. Okay, I can think excellent thoughts. And, 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 and thoughts about honorable. Okay, I can think right thoughts. Okay, lovely thoughts. Okay, I can do that. But when Paul said things that are worthy of praise, whoa, 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 Paul. I don't know anything worthy of praise but God. So why would you end this whole litany of things I'm supposed to fix my thoughts on with worthy of praise? Because Paul said, I want you, you don't need good thoughts. You need God thoughts. You need to fix your mind on the things of God. That God is most excellent. God is worthy of praise. God is pure and holy and right. You don't just need good thoughts. You need to fix your mind on what God's done. What God's answering. God has done and will continue to do His part. God's going to provide for you. Do you believe that? Let me encourage you. Let me speak some faith over you. God's going to make a way in your life. God's going to strengthen you. God's going to empower you. God's going to open up doors for you. God's going to answer prayers for you. But the battle in your mind is yours. God will do His part. You need God's thoughts to do your part. Romans 12 and 2 says, don't don't conform to the pattern of this world. You know what that pattern is? Anxiety, stress, worry, fear. No, no, no. Be transformed. How? In your mind. In your mind. You're not stuck with old habits. You can jump on something new. Brandy and I went to New York City for the very first time several years ago, probably 10 years ago, and we took the subways for the first time, scared to death. And... uh, and, and we, we were scared we were going to just wind up in the wrong place. And the first day we were there, we had jumped. We were in Times Square. We jumped on a, a subway there. We rode it all the way to Brooklyn. And if you've ever been there, it's along with Brooklyn. We rode it all the way to, we rode it all the way to Coney Island. It was the end of Brooklyn, by the way. We, we jump up out of the subway station, look around. There's the, there's the ocean, everybody. Come on. You've gone too far. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And sort of in a moment of revelation, we look across the platform, Henry, and there's, there's, it's the same station, 
different sides of the tracks. And it goes the opposite direction. It's the same station, different side of the track, but it takes me back where I want to be. And thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. They'll, they'll, they'll take you to places like Lonesomeville and Self-Pity City, Anger Town. They'll take you there. You and I have the ability to sort of get in the daylight, look around. Oh, just over there, I can board the thought in my mind. And just the same way I could believe the worst, I can just get on the other train, go this direction, believe the best. The same day I can have doubt and fear, I can just get on the train, go the other direction, and have trust and faith in God. The same way I believe the worst about your intentions, I can jump on the other train and believe the best about your intentions. The same way I have insecurities about what I have or my gifts or, or how good I'm doing, I can jump on the train, go the other way and believe what God says about me, not what you say. You have authority in your thought life. Next couple of weeks I'll preach about anxiety, I'll preach about stress to you, but you are where you are today because your thoughts brought you here. And you will be where you are tomorrow because your thoughts take you there. You are where you are today in your marriage, in your spiritual life, on your journey because your thoughts brought you here. And you'll be where you're going tomorrow because your thoughts take you there. So, let's take authority in our minds. Let's don't give the devil place in our minds. Let's don't just think we're a victim. We're always going to have to have. No, no, no. I don't always have to. I can take authority over that thought. I can take it captive. I can make it obedient to Christ. I can demolish everything the enemy tries to set up in my mind. And I can take back my mind, my joy, my peace, my thoughts in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, stand up. We're going to end a little different today. Because I want you to practice this. Close your eyes and bow your head. Some of you are struggling those monsters in your mind. Those things that have wrecked havoc. There's hell in your mind. Hell in your thought life. Fear and insecurity is reigning. Anxiety is overtaking you. Stress of this world is overtaking you. If that's you, listen, nobody's looking around. I just want you to raise your hand and say, that's me, that's where I'm at. Literally, hands are up all over the place. Hundreds of people. Hundreds of hands. Hands are up everywhere. It's where I'm at. I've got a battle in my mind. I'm worried all the time. We're fearful about what our next steps are. We're anxious about what we're going to do next. I don't know. There's stress in our marriage. There's stress in our finances. There's stress in everything we got. Come on, hands are up. Now, whether you, do, whether you put your hands up or you didn't, I know it seems weird and I don't know what else to do, but I want you to lay hands on your own head. I want you to just take your head, maybe just... Maybe just take yourself by the temple. Just, I want you to pray an authority prayer like this. I take authority over everything attacking my mind. I take authority over the enemy that would convince me of what's not true. That would try to make me doubt the promises of God in my life. I take authority over fear in Jesus' name. I take back my peace. I command that thought of insecurity. I command you to leave my mind. I am everything God says I am. I have everything God says I can have. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. 
Come on, hold your mind. Come on, hold your head. Put your hands on your own head. Come on, take authority today. I demolish everything that sets itself up against what I know to be true about God. I demolish anxiety in my mind. I take stress captive. You will not keep me up another night. You will not take authority in my marriage. You will not wreak havoc in my sleep. You will not rob me of joy another day. I rebuke depression off of my mind. I take authority over it. In my own head, I demolish. I I, I fix my thoughts. Come on, now, now, now you got to reverse it. I fix my thoughts on God, on what God says. I focus on God's promise and plan for me. I focus on the future and not on the past. I'm focused on the promises of God, not the failures in my life. I'm focusing on what God's Word says, that He's my healer, that I will live and not die, says the Lord. I focus my thoughts on what God says, that He's my provider. He's the Lord God who heals me. That, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That I'm the head and not the tail. That I'm going over and not coming under. I focus my mind on what's excellent and pure and joy. I focus on things worthy of praise. God, come on, come on, I'm not done. Put your hands on your head. You, you, you can laugh about it later. But you got to get your mind back. God, this week, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to fill my mind with God thoughts. God, replace every lie of the enemy in my mind. Replace the attack of the enemy, the terrorist attack on my thoughts. I take them captive. I make them obedient to God, to God's Word, to the power of God. I thank you for that. I declare it over my own life. I take back my mind in Jesus' name. Everybody shout a big amen. Come on, give him praise.